In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Good to be back with you. I, my last uh, visit with you as theological visitor, uh, I was speaking to such people as were here uh, by candlelight. Um, it was quite a, quite a wonderful, it was a beautiful day, but um, it's wonderful to see you all uh, this year. Uh, it's great. Um, if, I, I, um, if I could just uh, give a word, I'll be teaching, um, the classes I'm teaching this year are the topics are chosen uh, in light of our present moment. Um, it, stri- it strikes me that we lack trust, lack a certain amount of needed trust in our society. And so our, I'm thinking about trust at the, there'll be a class at noon, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on trust. Trust in the Bible, is the Bible trustworthy? How do we see trust in the Bible? But then how does trust work in terms of our living together as uh, friends, as people in society, that sort of thing? Then also, so many questions have been raised over the last couple of years, year and a half, two years, uh, by uh, perhaps by you in your heart, uh, by people who have no knowledge of Christianity, perhaps also. Uh, why, why has this happened and stuff like that? So I want to look again at some very basic truths of Christianity in light of the COVID pandemic. And that'll be, um, the COVID thing is just kind of a background to it, but the selection of the topics is governed by that. And so that'll be at six o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, I, uh, I remember, um, uh, it must have been February of 2020, so before we shut down, uh, but it was, it was in the air, this, uh, this new thing that was coming around. And I was at Starbucks, and the person giving, my co- giving me my coffee said, um, I'm reading the Bible. I don't know how she knew I was a priest, but she said, I'm reading the Bible. And uh, I, I said, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> and she said, I, th- I, th- I know it must say something about what we're going through. So, an interesting question that's out there. Anyway, so that's, that's to come. This morning, we, we have this, the great traditional reading from Revelation, traditionally read on All Saints uh, for the Feast of All Saints. The book of Revelation has a big question that's behind it. That question is, what does it look like for God to be king of the universe? And with that question, the book of Revelation brings a deep longing. And the longing is to have a politics, to have a society that's ruled by Jesus. So what uh, what does it look like for God to be king? And the longing to, to live under the rule of Jesus. To get a Christian society, which is what the kingdom of God is. To get there, we need two things. We need a creation, a world that's made by God, 
And we also need history. It's the tension between creation and history that moves the book of Revelation forward. History, of course, includes lots of uh, failures to understand creation and rebellions and all sorts of other things that happen in history. So what's the connection between God being the source of everything and this way things have turned out? Now, the book, the book of Revelation, um, uh, we won't read the whole thing this morning, but if you wanted to look at it, you would see that the first uh, three chapters are letters to churches. That's a sort of preamble. It's nice, uh, nice stuff all on its own. And th- but then the vision itself gets going uh, with, uh, properly speaking, in chapter 4. And St. John the Divine writes, beginning of 4, I looked, and lo, in heaven, an open door. St. John is invited to go up, and through that open door, he sees all creation magnificently beautiful, arranged around God's throne. So all of creation centered on God. He sees jasper and carnelian and a rainbow and emerald. There are thrones, white garments, golden crowns, lightning, voices, peals of thunder, a sea of glass like crystal, living creatures, much more, it's creation, all of creation, singing praise to God. And then sadness strikes. A scroll is found, beginning of chapter 5. A scroll, you know, long thing rolled up. Scroll is found, and the scroll stands for history. On the scroll is written a story, a story, an account. It's sealed up with seven seals. Wax things, you know, so it won't unroll, but sealed with these seven seals. And the sadness is that there is no one worthy of opening the scroll. There is no one capable of reading the history of creation. St. John the Divine weeps. If we understood this sadness, we would weep also. The story of human history cannot be read by us because it makes no sense to us. Now, just think. Think about points, uh, historical accounts that are contested in the present world. There are scads of them. Think of, if you will, just the story of our country. Um, how do we talk about slavery within the story of our country? It's a point of high contestation. The, the controversial thing, the 1619 Project, um, I don't, and, and other things. Uh, of course, there are better and worse ways of telling any story. But, the, the, but to be able to tell the story truthfully and completely is not something any of us can do, even for something as close to us as our own country. Even, I would say, your own life. Can you tell the true story of your life? Probably not. Um, all of us are helped by friends and neighbors and parents, who, uh, others around us who remind us of parts of our life and things they see in us that we don't see in ourselves. How can we know, how can I know 
what my life really means. So here, creation is praising God, and then the scroll is found, and St. John the Divine weeps because there is no one who can read that story. But then an elder turns to John and tells him not to weep. There is one who is capable of telling what human history means. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he means Jesus Christ. Jesus is worthy and capable of opening the seals and reading the scroll because he has conquered. Part of the victory of Jesus is the ability to say what human history means, where it came from and where it is going, and everything within this. At this point, St. John sees a lamb standing as though it had been slain, and the lamb went and took the scroll. And then a new song is sung by all of creation. Jesus is worthy because thou wast slain, and by thy blood didst ransom men for God, and hast made them a kingdom, made them into a kingdom. Jesus' victory has brought into existence that for which the longing is there, the longing of this book of Revelation, a human kingdom and, be, and for bringing this into existence, Jesus is praised by everyone. Now, to tell the story of human history requires passing judgment on the events in that history. And the judgment needs to be true judgment, otherwise it's not going to be a true story. Every deed must be shown in its truth, in its rightness or wrongness, and what is wrong must be dealt with. So when the various seals are opened, executors of judgment go forth. Four horses with the first four seals go forth with armed riders. With the fifth seal, the martyrs are revealed. They are under the altar. They had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. In human history, empire had set itself up against God. In human history, violence had often been committed against the innocent. Those who resisted, those who were victims, those who spoke for God and for humanity and shed their own blood in the cause, they now cry. With a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before thou wilt judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell upon the earth? History includes this longing for right to prevail, for what was wrong to be seen and acknowledged as wrong, and put away forever a longing that is not yet fulfilled. Martyrs under the altar are told to wait a little bit longer. With the sixth seal, there is panic on the earth as judgment draws nigh. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the generals and the rich and the strong and everyone, slave and free, hid in caves. 
pray that the rocks would fall upon them and hide them from the face of him who is seated upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They do not repent, but they have caught a glimpse of God's face turned against them, and they have felt a premonition of the wrath of the Lamb. And then only the seventh seal is left. But before it is opened, there is a pause an interval in heaven. It is a time of mercy. The carrying out of God's judgment is delayed because it is not the case that the earth and all its inhabitants should be simply wiped out. The earth is creation. Creation is not to be destroyed, but to be saved, to be fulfilled. History is going somewhere the story of the earth is going to turn out to be a real story. Now this, from the final book of the Bible, Revelation, is a story from the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis. In chapter 6 of Genesis, we read that after human beings have been around for about a thousand years and a lot of people are starting to die... And there's all sorts of violence on the earth. God looks at it and says, I'm going to start over. I'm going to destroy what I have made and I will begin again. And the only reason that God doesn't start over is that he sees Noah, who was a righteous man. And so he comes upon the idea of the ark and they go across and So it's not an utter destruction of the world. And when they get out of the ark, God puts the rainbow in the sky and says, I will never do this again. So one alternative for the divine would be to keep starting over with creation until maybe someday it turned out okay. But God has decided instead to stick with this creation and bring this creation to a fulfillment so that the story of the earth will not be sound and fury signifying nothing, but it will be a real story which has a destination, and Jesus has accomplished that. And so anyway, so not all, it's not going to be utter destruction. We have this interval, it's the seventh chapter, and it's what we always read on this Sunday, the great seventh chapter of the book of Revelation, the 144,000 who are sealed, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes sealed, so that they will be protected. Sealed, like the blood smeared on the Hebrews' doorposts the night of that first Passover. Sealed, like the sign of the cross put on your forehead when you were baptized. Sealed, if you will, like Cain, who was marked by God for protection although Cain does not seem to have understood his mark, sealed. And then there are even more, a great multitude which no man could number, not just 144,000, but who knows, a large percentage of the earth's population, small, medium, it doesn't say. It says only there was no human being able to count them all, and they came from every nation, quote, unquote, and they are singing praise to Jesus. This is important. In the vision of Revelation, 
in the ultimate meaning of human history, there is no nation on earth that is abandoned. Human history is moving to a climax in which Jesus will be king and judgment will be done, but in that judgment, no nation will be exterminated. No language lost. No tribe even consigned to a scrap heap of lost memory. Human sociality in all its varieties will be caught up and find its true meaning in the kingdom of praise to the Lamb. Now, after this interval, the seventh and final seal will be opened, and the rest of the book of Revelation moves on through its many chapters to unfold the ultimate conflict of good and evil. And to tell you the conclusion, it turns out on the side of good. (laughs) But we pause here today on All Saints. We pause at this vision, this interval. We pause to enjoy this vision. Pause as we also await the ultimate revelation of the meaning of things. Now, although this ultimate revelation of the meaning of things remains in the future for us and thus beyond our comprehension, I find it magnificently comforting. The meaning of my life. You know, at the end, God will say, it's like, it's like that TV show, that old TV show, This Is Your Life. No, it's not like that. God will say, this is what your life, Victor, was about. And I may be utterly surprised. Oh, really? <laughs> Although one believes that then one will see and understand. The things we think are important in our life may turn out to be minor details. But God will tell us the true story of our life. The meaning of Oklahoma or Texas. The meaning of Nichols Hills. The meaning of the United States. The story of the Indian nations. On and on and on. Nothing good will be lost. But what remains will be a mystery to us, is a mystery to us now, will not be then. We know that nothing good will be lost. We don't know how it's going to turn out. So all of these, they are brought into the kingdom, humbled as they are, shorn of false pretensions. And what they mean may turn out to be quite a surprise to us. In Revelation itself, The ultimate conflict is with the whore of Babylon, which stands, among other things, for the Roman Empire. In its imperial pretensions, empire will be destroyed. Yet there is something about Rome, shorn of its pretensions, that can come to Jesus and give over its crown to him. 
we live in this story. It's an exciting and unfinished story. And, of course, I can't speak for you, but for me, I can hardly wait to see how this is going to turn out. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.